Hello, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Again for the First Time podcast. And I really appreciate all of you who've come back week after week. We have an eclectic mix of guests each week, and uh, some of them tell compelling stories, some motivating, some sad, some funny, and, and some just make you think. Um, my guest today, you may say, Darren, who is this guy? You know, like, who is this person and why is he here? And uh, that's great. We're going to give him a listen. But um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer your question. Your question is this. Who is this person? This person is everybody. This person speaks not for a generation, but from a voice from a generation. There are so many questions I had when I was making the transition from being a teenager to being an adult. Uh, and it's got to suck in, in a lot of ways. And um, before I introduce my guest, and my guest 22, it's not like he just turned 18. Um, there's so many pressures and there's so, and it's not like woe is me kind of stuff, but you know, it's amazing to me again that, you know, you can get your head blown off in a war at 18, but you can't buy, you know, a vape pen until you're 21. I, it just doesn't make any sense to me. You can vote for the person who will blow up the world in a nuclear strike at 18, but you, but you're not adult enough to smoke a cigarette until you're 21. So it, it's, it's just so many questions I have. Uh, and, and the reason that we picked Quinn Johnson to be our guest today is very simple. He loves psychology. Uh, he is uh, a student, so many things. By the way, funny is all heck. So um, Quinn Johnson is our guest today. How are you, sir? I'm excellent. Good to be here, Darren. Thanks for having me on today. Uh, listen, uh, we appreciate it more than you know. And um, before uh, we get started, because I have a feeling that we'll our time together will go quickly. Um, tell people who might not know you a little bit about yourself, anything you want to say. All right. Well, nice to meet you all. My name's Quinn. I've lived here in California my entire life, uh, Central Valley area. Lived in the Valley, actually, my adult life. Before that, I was living in the foothills up in uh, near Squaw Valley, Dunlap, just below Sequoia. And that's where I was mostly born and raised. And I've uh, gone to school in Reedley, gone to school in Fresno, worked a variety of jobs around all the Valley. And uh, I'm happy to be here and share a little bit of my perspective today. So I mentioned to our audience today that um, you're into psychology, and I want to talk mm -hmm. about that. But I first want to talk about growing up in Squaw Valley. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's God's country up there. Oh, talk a beautiful. little bit about what it's like to be raised there. So it's a throwback. Oh, it's fantastic. I go up there every once in a while just to go visit. Just And I, it's going to sound a little bit crazy. I moved down here because I didn't have access to a lot of things growing up in Squaw Valley. Internet. TV, as you guys know it, I, I had three uh, three TV channels. I had CBS, mm -hmm. Fox for Sunday football, mm -hmm. and a Spanish cooking show, right, right. <laughs> which I learned some fantastic recipes. What, what's your go-to? So you want to impress a significant other, what do you make? Ooh, uh, I'm not great of a cook, but if I'm going for it, I mm -hmm. like to make a good homemade chili. Very nice. Very and nice. Homemade chili nice. Uh, with you buffalo. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that, my friend. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Had some chili last night, actually. Nice. But growing up in Squaw Valley, you uh, you learn a lot about, and it's going to sound sad, being more alone, finding things to do with yourself, stuff like that. And the biggest difference from living down in the Central Valley and being Squaw Valley, because it's only 40, 40-minute 40 drive up there, it's the silence. 
there is not a single sound when you go up there. You cannot hear cars passing. You cannot hear horns, anything like that. You hear nature. And I, I gained a newfound respect of living up there when I moved into the valley. And living up there for 18 years, I think it was, I couldn't have asked for a better upbringing. I learned a lot of valuable lessons. I learned what would, you know, today be considered a lot of man's man's work or hard labor work. It was just valuable things that I learned up there. I didn't have a lot of time for TV. And, you know, as I grew up a little bit, I got access to video games and stuff like that, that I could play with my brother. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that's where that started. But as soon as I graduated, this was all through high school. I lived up there. So it was a 40 to 45 minute drive down to school every day, waking up at 530 a.m., getting ready to go. And, you know, I, I got a little bit of a freedom moving out after I, tur- well, actually, I didn't even turn 18 yet. I moved out when I was 17, got an apartment in Reedley and, you know, went from there. Just sort of been here since. So before we kind of segue into um, your life mm-hmm. from 18 on, you know, it's very interesting. A lot of people take that silence and being alone and it's like anything else, it's a tool. And you can use that tool to hurt yourself, to hurt others, or to kind of have some introspection. And, you know, I would argue, and I, I don't know you too long, is that maybe that helped you look inward and in why you want to pursue a career in psychology now. No, and most definitely a factor. Most yeah. definitely a factor. Why do you think it is? And we can just say social media or video games or TV. Why do you think so many people are busy being busy and less busy being introspective? Because so many people, and especially I, I deal with this with people in addiction, they have a tough time being with themselves. Mm-hmm. So this is, from my perspective anyways, mm-hmm. all based on the environment you grow up in. So what we learn is there's, do you, are you familiar with a uh, Freudian time, Sigmund Freud, things like oh, sure, that? Have you heard sure. of him? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm more of a, um, what was his disciple? Uh, uh, I can't think of his name uh, now. Uh, but go ahead. But basically Sigmund Freud is seeing, I see him as a, one of the all time greatest philosophers of all time because he oh, managed to, yep, yep, Carl's Young. I see him as the all-time greatest bullshitter because he managed to convince an entire, basically an entire century and populace of people to believe things that weren't true. But one of the main things he did teach, which was true, was are people born evil or good? Or does it have to do with the environment that they're brought up? And the answer is actually a little surprising. It's actually both. As you know, Men and women are are, born with genetic things that, you know, they're just good at. For example, women are inherently born to multitask better. That's why they're so fantastic at doing multiple things at once. And I'm infinitely jealous of that. Now, guys, we're genetically born to be a little bit bigger, physically stronger, things like that. And those genetic components play in with our upbringing. So someone who's more introspective would probably be brought up in a more social or sorry, a lack of social atmosphere, i.e. someone like me. I was brought up, you know, I socialized, I had friends, I had kids, but it wasn't in a vast amount. I didn't have that exposure. And I'll be honest, I wasn't born in the time where, you know, cell phones were a thing. When I was born, flip phones, even like the old 90s, big old block phones, I was still part of that. 
right. v- yeah. I had a V I I had a VHS until I was ten years old. <laughs> and that's what I that's Let's what watch I, that tape again. It, exactly. And you had to if it came undone, you had to go rewind the VHS. Yep. So someone born and raised in my situation tends to be a little bit more introspective because you have all the time to think about something. You're just going to end up thinking about everything since you got the time. And someone who's more trying to keep themselves busy is raised in an environment that way. Cause you think about it, someone who's born and raised in a city has exposure to all these different sounds, stimulations from the moment they are born, they have all of that. So as they grow up, their mind becomes more wired to keep themselves busy, to have that exposure. That's why, you know, pod people use ASMR podcasts to go to sleep. They can't sleep naturally. They need something in their ear. That's why people have that white note. Yeah, exactly. It's, a, it's all based on that upbringing. And that's why I say Freud's one of the greatest bullshitters because he managed to convince all these people of all these god-awful wrong things, but still managed to create these things that still sit with us today. So that's why I kind of like him. You know, that, that brings up another kind of question that uh, I think is, is interesting. And sometimes people don't want to talk about it because we're so into labeling people, good person, oh, yeah. bad person, evil person, whatever. And that's this. There could be aspects of a person, a person's personality, accomplishments, ideas, that you could think they're the most vile person in the world. Um, or you just don't agree with them, but there are aspects there that were right. You know, the mm-hmm. old blind squirrel kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and that's, and I don't get into politics, but that's one of the things that uh, I really um, hate about politics these days. And, and my undergraduate degree was in political science. And that's oh, this, <laughs> is, you know, Biden bad, Trump bad, Trump bad, Biden bad. Yep. Or, can you give people credit sometimes for whatever you know, there are things. So here, you're not a big believer in Freud, but there are aspects that, of, that, he, that are endearing or you, this, this piece I admire. hold on. Yes. I admire. Yes. You have to give credit where credit is due. If someone's doing it right, you have to do that. That's part of the process to success. Oh, Just putting each other down for it. Where, where does that get us? It no. gets us where we are today. Oh, gets absolutely. Us where we are divided. Well, let me ask you this. Why are we, why are we so divided today? We're so divided because we lack the proper communication. We have been given access to the most amazing forms of communication, and yet we look at it every single day and ignore what we're told. Yeah. And, you know, we're fed such vast amounts of BS that we just, like, we're desen- that's the word, desensitized to it. And then we take it for granted, and then we assume that we have all the communication at the, our fingertips. We will know everything as soon as it happens. And look at how in the dark we are nowadays. We've taken it for granted. So that's why we're so divided. People aren't talking to each other. And then we're fed all this BS to tell each other, oh, this person's wrong without even having a you know face-to-face interaction with somebody. You know, and I, I totally agree. And also people don't understand context. No. Um, there are times that you want to look at your phone and just swipe and you want to forget for a while and you need that boost of endorphins that you oh, yeah. get when you see the, the 14th picture of a cat in a, in a, yep. in a, in a coffee cup. Yep. And, you, and we don't need to constantly be on the move. No. Um, there's like a balance. And, and I often said to people without trying to sound, oh, you know, people, it's trying to sound deep, but it's really garbage. Yeah. You, know, you mentioned how quiet it is up where you lived, Squaw Valley. 
people don't realize how noisy quiet can be. And what I mean by that is it's quiet. Yep. You know, and, and you, you almost hear a buzz. It's so quiet. It's the beginning of tinnitus. You get hear ringing in your ear. Yeah. Yes. And, and so the, I'm so glad you brought up how loud silence can be. I have a roommate right now. He's from New York. And yep, yep, he's from he's a Long Island guy. And and he he's moved in with me and you know we visited my house just the other day and he was like, "Wow, it is so quiet." And I was like, "Oh yeah, it's great." And he's like, "Yeah, but it's it's almost overwhelmingly quiet." Yes. Yep. Because it's just there's there's nothing. There's mm-hmm. no, and people get so their brain is already wired to constantly, you know, feed all this information and that when it's quiet it starts working into overdrive trying to create its own sounds and like issues. Mm-hmm. So that's, it's just what I'm so glad you brought up how loud quiet can be because he had that moment. He's like, wow, it's a little overwhelming how quiet it is. How tough was it to go from quiet to living on your own and the freedom that that brings? Because people in my opinion who say that they did it flawlessly align or, or no. they, don't realize that um, it was tougher than they thought. Yeah. Kind of talk yeah. about that. So it was definitely a big jump for me. I mean, going from an graduating with an eighth grade class of a middle school in the mountains with 32 people mm-hmm. to graduating a high school class with a thousand plus, right. it was, it or sorry, 700 plus. It was mind blowing for me. And then I had already, you know, I'd made friends with these people. I'd integrated nicely enough, but one of my one of my favorite stories is just my my blissful ignorance was when I first got into high school. This was just just the beginning of me experiencing constant noise, mm-hmm. and I d- I didn't know proper terminology. You know, we live in a very uh a very Hispanic culture, a lot of Hispanic mm-hmm. condensed culture, and Reedley is especially sure, so, and it's sure. so awesome. And when I moved down there, I I didn't actually know that uh when people were speaking Spanish, it was called speaking Spanish. I thought it was called spe- speaking Mexican. No, I get Listen, and, I get and it. I went up to my first friend that I had made who was Latino, and he's, I was like, oh, you guys are speaking Mexican. And he's like, what? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, dude, it's called Spanish. And right. I'm like, what? And that was just like the biggest I'm going to stop you there. Yeah. All of a sudden, to some, not all, uh, that's a racist comment. Yeah. Um, you, you, you know, instead of it being hey my friend is going to correct me and that's okay yeah and i'm glad i made friends like that right yes you know and that brings up another interesting question and again i'm a big ubu kind of person i just am and and i don't say that with any hubris um so for example i'm learning spanish now Um, way too old to have should have done it years ago um I'm going to write a note down because I have something you'd love on that, actually. Excellent. So, um, but I bring that up because why do you think more people here in our country don't study another language? Uh, And again, I want to ask that question in an an enlightened way where it's not finger pointing like some people do. No, no, Um, most definitely. And and it doesn't need to be Spanish because if you go to Europe, you go to Asia. You go to India, they speak from the time they're a child. You go to Latin America, multiple languages. Two to three languages each. Yep. Two to three but languages now, each. But now, but here, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just we're doing observational psychoanalysis here. Mm-hmm. 
why do you think we only settle for one language? So, what we're taught, are you familiar with how French is the language of love? Yeah, sure. What we're taught, uh, what I was taught in schooling, is that English is the language of business. It and is. Business it is, is a world, it is, it's a worldwide thing. But we're not encouraged, unless, you know, you grow up in a, a multicultural household, you know, obviously, you're not really encouraged to pursue that because people are, people who speak different languages often moved here, immigrated here, and taught to pursue the American dream, which is English, buying a house, all that stuff. So it's really drilled into our culture in America that English is the way to go. And if you want to do something later, you can do that. Mm -hmm. But what something, and I, I wrote this down, something so valuable that we lose around age nine to 10, you know how you're talking about how you're learning Spanish now and you have to repeat it to get it down. Yeah. That's the only way. I wrote a thesis in college about something called the LAD, the LAD, I like to call it. It's called the language acquisition device. Now oh, it's, non, it's non-vestigial, which means it's not like a physical organ or something in our body. Mm -hmm. It is a brain process from the age of about, you know, being born to about 10 years old. You know how kids are like, kids are sponges. They absorb sure. knowledge. There is a device, the language acquisition device, which shuts off. It's just something in your head that shuts off at about 10, nine years old, where you just have to use repetition. That's why in high school, you have all these different classes you have to take four years of because that's the only way to mm -hmm. teach you. Yeah. But before that, you can learn any language you want, any language you want at such a quick pace because your brain is still developing and bringing in that all that, you know, knowledge and it solidifies. But something and I love thinking about because my psych professor just taught me is that about nine or 10, it just shuts yeah. off. No, that's very, Gone. that's very true. That's very true. I did my thesis on uh, pre-assessment testing for specifics um, um, to help people study and to learn. And that there was an aspect of that in it. Yep. Um, no, that's, that's so true. And because what happened, the brain is this wonderful thing. We only know so little about the brain. But one thing it looks like it does is if this isn't being used, we're going to shut this off exactly. to use it for something else. Exactly. And that's what I was going to pursue, right? To connect it to why not people are, not many people in America are doing it. We are teaching it too late. Yes. By the time you're in high school where you have the option to take a foreign language, mm -hmm. you're already in your teens. Yep. That language acquisition acquisition device is already off. We are not giving the option as a whole to pursue this unless you're raised in a multicultural household that has another language being spoken all the time. Right. So in my right. opinion, I think the reason why a lot of Americans don't pursue a second language is we're just taught too late. It's too late. By the time we have the option to do it, it's too late. And it's so such a grind set to get it down, repeat it, because it is. It's hard. Learning a language, a new language is hard. There's no easy thing about it. And no, I think you're right. And you want a great example of that? And, yes, of course. Which um, it might not be great, right? It might, might suck. Um, but um, um, and, and that's this, and it's nothing to do with language, and but about learning. Yeah. I find it amazing. I I work in a school. Uh, my uh, master's degree is in education. Beautiful. It's it's amazing that people say. Well, kids today, they want to be entertained or they want to. And again, there are these wonderful teachers out there. But the kids are not learning basic English and not learning basic social studies and not learning basic math. 
Yeah, but these same kids can upload files, can do shareware, do P2P. You know, they can they can write code, some of them. They can, they can do basic websites, and they're nine. Yep, yep. Literal and, nine-year-olds yeah, doing and, all this. And the and, and my, my point is, they, you, it's not that they need to be entertained. We need to be more interesting. Yeah, we, we need, need to, to expose present. them to more. We need to expose yes. them to more. I did not have a phone until I was in high school. And that's because I was 40 minutes away from any safe parental safety. I'm like, okay, you can have a phone for that. I'd, I had, you know, an iPod shuffle until I was in seventh grade. A little, little box, explain no screen. To people, explain to people what that is because you might okay. as well say okay. you had a, you know. Okay. Yield back in the day, not all iPods had a screen on it. Right. So there was something called an iPod shuffle, which you had to imagine it. It was about the size of two quarters. No, here, here we go. I have a rocker. It was about the size of this rock. Right. No screen. And it clipped onto your clothing and you plugged your little earphones into it and you listened to music and you got a USB and you uploaded music through your computer. You couldn't download an app, download your music. You plugged it into your computer, right. found what you had, excuse me, what you had to do and downloaded it there. And you, those are the only songs you had. So I had an iPod shuffle basically up until that point. So I, I learned that I did not have a lot of screen exposure and you know uh, i think i'm better off with it i've learned a whole newfound respect for it and you know now i have access to that i have a computer game stuff like that but i have that moderation where i'm like i need to go out and do something else right because if, if i sit here too long it's not good <laughs> oh no but, I, get, I get it it's like anything else you, you, mm -hmm. too much is no good um and again, there's some wonderful parents out there and adults making a lot of money and not just money means, you know, happiness. But I tell people money can't buy happiness, but it buys you things that make you happy, you know, and what oh, it yeah. does is it gives you options. So, you know, in my old world, I was an executive director of a, a nonprofit. Okay. And I bring that up because during the height of COVID, I've had some people, you know, would have to do everything on Zoom and not just yeah. there, but anyway. Yeah. And as we kind of moved away from that, and that was some, whether they're teachers, whether they're um, social workers, whether they're um, people in the nonprofit world, mm -hmm. they'd be complaining about kids not learning whatever the case may be, whatever it is. You know, these yeah. predetermined, this stuff is important, this STEM stuff is important, yeah. and it is, don't get me wrong. But I'm saying, wait a minute. You know, 18 months ago, you didn't know how to put your name on Zoom. It's 18 months later, you still don't know how to do that. You know, nope. you still don't know how to save a Zoom call. You don't know how to, um, you know, if, if, if you had a PC and now you're on an Apple, you know, you don't know any. Don't know the difference now. <laughs> and I use that to kind of segue into our society. We are so quick to point fingers, you know, oh, regardless of the age, ridiculous. they do, instead of they can't do this, or these kids. Are, yeah, oh, but what about this? Remember, you point your finger. Three fingers are pointed back at you. You need to look at yourself. Accountability. Yes. So accountability. What I my favorite phrase is passing the buck. I oh, refuse yeah. to pass the buck. Well, let me ask you that, this though, mm -hmm. because I'm sure it works both ways. But as yep. a teenager becoming a young adult, yep. um, how frustrating is it to respect your elder? Oh, I'm serious. 
but you know, and it respect the position of that person, whether it's a boss at your job or in school, but at the same time, see that they are not living by the code that they're telling you to live by. It is infuriating to see that. And what I live by is I do not being, I do not mind being led as long as that leader is competent. And I, I, this is a little bit, you know, uh, not cliche, but a little bit of an out there example. Are you familiar with the Battle of Valley Forge? Sure. George Washington was already presidential candidate, general of the army, did not have to do a single thing really besides tell his men what to do. And yet during the harshest winter at Valley Forge, he went, pitched his tent, set up his horse, and he stayed in that valley with his men. That is what I look for in leadership. Now, what what I'm thinking when you're saying how it's seeing someone telling you to do something and then, you know, doing the opposite – it's it's hypocrisy. It's annoying to see, but you have to really you have to take it with a grain of salt. I try and see from their perspective, and that's just the mindset I adopted. There's no point in me trying to get frustrated. Yeah, I had to because there's just some dumb examples, and I, I love to tell you this. When I was 15 years old, I was going through a lot of that stress, and it was mostly with some parental figures that I was having issues with. So I wrote down – I basically started diary entries on a Google mm-hmm. Doc – and I've updated it since I was 15, and I read back my entries when I was struggling with the authoritarian thing. And you know, you look at it and you're like, "Oh God, I was I, that was I was a kid." And I know every kid's worst thing to hear is you don't have enough experience because you're not old enough. I knew it pissed me off. I know it pisses people off nowadays. And I hate to tell it if there are younger listeners. Unfortunately, it's the truth. Right. With no, time, is. yeah, with time comes experience. It's it's annoying to hear, but it it is the truth. You're gonna get more experiences that go. And it annoyed me to no end because I, you know, I thought I was the smartest guy. I was like, right. I know what he's talking about, and yet, you know, this is this. But you know, oh, you're not old enough to know. I hated hearing. That was my least favorite thing to hear, but. Looking back on it, unfortunately, it is true. <laughs> yeah, I was I was having a, uh, a conversation with. Uh, I'm the president of uh, uh, National University's. Uh, Gosh, well, what aren't you, man? <laughs> um, young. Uh, so, <laughs> so um, I'm the president of the National University Alumni Association, and I bring it up because I was talking to our vice president, who used to be the president, and him and mm-hmm. I are such good friends, and he used this great term, which I just love. And that is we in our society throw out the excellent when it's not perfect. And what I mean, so what happens is, and it speaks to young to old, old to young, we obsess on what they did wrong or said that was inaccurate and throw away all that stuff. Like we talked about earlier with Freud and and some of this other stuff. Um, So yeah, I mean. Discouraging mistakes. Yeah, and then, then all of a sudden our opinion of that person or whatever it is, is based on that one mess up. The time yep. they fought it in the elevator. Yeah. Um, instead of, like, there's some, there's some important stuff here. I mean, I learn a lot from my children. And it's mm-hmm. not me trying to be young as much as trying to just be modern, be current. Yeah. Um, and and um, so it's going to segue into another part uh, that, that I want to talk to you about a little bit. And I'm going to have you back. 
because of we're course. fine for this time. Oh, I'm, every, well, I, I just looked. I was like, oh, God, we're yeah, half an hour. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, we're going to have you back every once in a while, sort of as, as um, just a, hey, what's going on in the world? Of course, of course. Because I need to know, right? Yeah. Uh, we, and people want to know. But now here's something I want to talk to you about. Uh, two things. One, well, let's talk about the other thing I was talking about first. And that's this. How frustrating it has to be that you can vote for the for the person that could blow up the world and yet you can't buy a cigarette until you're 21. Oh. And they tell you that it's because they care about you. But yeah, yet, uh, explain that to me because that never made any sense to me. Doesn't make it, any sense to you. So uh, I'm just going to preface this. I have no no want for cigarettes or things like that my dad was a firefighter he's like if i see you with a cigarette i'm gonna smack you upside the head <laughs> what kind of deal so right. never really had a want for it but looking at it and you know i guess the most modern day example would probably here in california be marijuana sure let's just be honest that's the most modern example i can think of because not a lot of kids or vapes oh vapes yeah you were mentioning earlier vapes so walking in oh, freshly, by the way do you know i you know i've out of the million kids who, who I see vape, none of them say they ever put marijuana in. No, no. You know, when we sit there, go, oh, I'm oh, sure you oh, don't. Oh, God, drug. Like, yeah, yeah, and I'm sure oh. most, some don't, some do, but, you know. Honestly, you could talk to me about anything. I, the reason why I'm the way I am is because I have the experience with it. So if you have a question, shoot. I don't, I don't have that thin skin. But anyways, walking in as a fresh adult to my local Reedley 7-Eleven, 18 years old. I love that term. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I went in. I wanted to buy a lottery ticket. I've I just just something I wanted to do. It was one of the first things I wanted to try. Went in, and I'm like, lottery ticket, please. And uh, my ID, I still have it from when I first got my license as a kid. So I had braces and stuff on, and I didn't have braces anymore. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is you. And I was like, hey, what about, you know, uh, how, you had the McLovin, you had the McLovin. Uh, oh ID? yeah, yep. I was McLovin idea. Except maybe a little bit better hair though. Right. <laughs> but anyways, I walk in and I see this was at the time when you know the flavored stuff was really at its sure. peak. 2018, it was pre-COVID. Regulations were on their way, but right. not quite there yet. So I walk in. I'm like, oh, you know, also. I'll get a vape because I had tried a vape once and they're like, here, I said, do you have any non-nicotine ones? And they're called zeros. And I just kind of like the smoke thing, you know, whatever. I didn't really like the Nick. Yeah. And and I was like, do you, can I buy those since they're no nicotine? They're like, no, it's still a tobacco product. And I, I, it just had one of those moments of clarity where I was like, wow, we're screwed. This is, this is what, I'm except I'm allowed to go spend my life savings yep. and ruin my entire life with this lottery ticket. Yeah. No matter no matter how, with the false promise that I'll win the lottery, yet mm -hmm. I can't buy a five dollar water cool thing. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It was like, geez, this is what it's like. Okay. And it was it was rather alarming. I'm not gonna lie. It was a little bit scary to walk in and see that. And then it was funny because right after me, a guy, I assume late 20s, early 30s came in and he bought about five different flavored vape carts. And then I walked out to my car and he walks out and he's hitting all five at once. And that's when I solidified. I was like, wow, that is an issue I don't want to have to deal with. Because oh, no. I, I, I like maintaining good hygiene and stuff. I know that stuff is just not good for you. Highly addictive, not my preference. This and it, great. but yeah, it was just like, wow, this is, 
this is what the reality is. And being being an adult and then throwing yourself into the adult world from an area where you have almost no social exposure, it, it was quite a rude awakening. But it was one that I needed to make me realize what the world around me was like. And the second question I was going to ask mm-hmm. is this. Fentanyl oh, is just God. killing me. Oh, yeah. Straight up killing people. Yep. And I still talk to people about that. And they t- say, not my problem. And again, I'm not saying you should lose your sleep and never sleep again. Yeah. Not my problem. Not my kid. Not my. First of all, you'd be surprised to know that the second highest demographic of people dying of fentanyl, accidental poisonings, is 60 and older. Because oh. they grab. Did, did I take my pill? No, I forgot. And they take two, and, and that happens. Yeah. Yep. So, um, because the pill they took was not from the pharmacy, and, and you know, nope. some other place. No, so, they got it from Jerry down the street. Exactly. So, here's what I want to ask you again: your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Do most people your age understand how devastating it is? And we also know. Let's not. Be, that there's people who still will take and they carry Narcan yeah. with them, yeah, you know, just in case. Yep. But um, because to me, there's still people who don't get that this thing is in everything these days. Yep. If you, Quinn, you, Darren, um, you know, you, Jake, you, whoever, yep. didn't get it yourself in the pharmacy, you better understand it's got baby powder in it. And it's probably got fentanyl in it and could yeah. kill you. Do people no. understand that? I have such a perfect example. So in the Central Valley, there is a massive street market for wax pins mm-hmm. called uh, not moon rocks, but there's street wax cartridges, which is t- refined THC, marijuana, basically. Right. And there is a massive underground market for it, of which I got to see firsthand, actually. And... What they don't realize is, you know, you go to a dispensary, that is all safe things. A dispensary is a company, it's a business, it has regulations, you can buy it from there, but you have to be an adult to go there. You have to be 21. Now, when I I obviously, for the record, was not 21 when I had these, but, you know, and that's the funny thing, smoking weed is not illegal for an 18-year-old to do, but yet possessing Possessing it is like you can be eight as long as you're an adult, 18 and above, you can smoke weed, but you can't go buy it, which is I find hilarious. That that's what the part for me was hilarious. Right. But forcing I you, actually forcing you to get it off the street. Yep, forcing you to get it off the street, and they have this massive market. And I actually had an acquaintance who got a not only fentanyl crossed because the street carts their purity is not very high. Like think about break. You think about Breaking Bad, right? You know they had the highest pure meth, whatever. It's same with the street carts. They have to cut it with other things to get you know that high. And this my friend or not friend, this acquaintance actually went to the hospital and almost died. Had his full stomach, his immune like not immune, his blood system pumped because he got a single street cart. Probably did, you know, he was, he was a pretty big vapor. So, you know, he was hitting it, hitting sure. it, getting high, having a good time. But we found out it had traces of fentanyl, methamphetamine. And then 
the one crazy it actually had PCP laced into it. Oh, well, of course. Of course. And, and, and it was just, he almost died from it. So I remember when I wanted to choke somebody one time. And, and I say one time, many times. Many times. <laughs> and I, I mentioned how the, the wooden is fentanyl you know, and marijuana. And, mm-hmm. and, and in these, in these what you call them? Vape, um, yeah, just carts. Just the carts, carts, yeah. yeah. And, and all over that. And, and here's why. You, you actually answered the question. Mm-hmm. And that's this. The stuff at the dispensary is potent, kick-ass, yep. Yeah, and um, you know, I'm not telling people go use it. You know, it, no. that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, it's it, safe. It, it, that's safe. <laughs> I'm a big it's... harm reduction person. My job is to advocate that you live till tomorrow, and we can figure it out yep. then. You know, yep. I don't want you dying in that bedroom. I don't. Want I can't you do dying. anything about it. You know, yeah. so we we had a situation in Visalia not too long ago, where parents uh, both had pain. And they, they, it was marijuana. Um, their children get ready for school, found them both dead in the bathroom because the, the, the Percocets they took were filled with fentanyl. So my point is, so what happens is this, is you can't go to the dispensary, right? right. You can't go, so what do you do? You go to Knucklehead Smith up the street. You, and you hit up your Snapchat contact called the Muffin Man. And yes. He, uh, he gets you your good stuff, and he gets right. you your high for about twice as much as what you'd pay at a dispensary. And by the way, yeah, and by the way, he's got he he feels or she feels, they feel that they, that they have to put that stuff in there. Yeah. Because they need to make it more potent. Pure, yep, their potency. Yep, and and save some of the the, the marijuana for the next time. Yep. Um, it happens all the time. You do you, you emojis, you pay on Venmo, shows up to your house like DoorDash, yep. you're dead. Yep. Um, and, oh, I've never killed anybody. But until now. Until you know, now. You know, until now. Just, by the way, you, you're not, you're not, you're not so a you're, expert. You, you're nope. hoping for the best. Nope. You, you know you're I mean? hoping for the best. You're doing it in your kitchen or your backyard. Yes. You're not, you don't have any. You could be like, oh, I've been growing my whole life. Doesn't make you a chemist. It doesn't, doesn't make you a chemist. Make, That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Not at all. So, and by the way, you haven't that you're aware of. Yep. That's, you yeah, know. you don't you don't actually know. No. You have no idea where it's going. And let, and I've gone on my fair share of uh ride alongs, we'll just say. Sure. Not with police, but you know, with yeah. other people. I've seen how the business works. You're out socially and, and I'm happen. out socially, I've seen it happen. And uh, I'm I'm not gonna hate on it. It's their way of living. I just have zero respect for it. It's you know oh, they're yeah. they're actively I th- I putting needs stuff to be in. Everybody's home. I truly yep. believe it should be in everybody's home. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't know. And I'm a big harm reduction advocate. Yep. Uh, so we'll talk again. But the, I, I always like to leave a podcast uh, right. with, with sort of a funny question, and then you can feel free to ask me one. Because we All just right. want to talk about works, and we want to talk about some other things. Oh, we got more time. I'm I'm yeah. willing to come back. I've loved this. So, um, the most underrated movie of all time. <sighs> not only I believe is the most underrated movie. It has not only underation, cult following, Love but it's follow. also my favorite movie of all time, The Princess Bride. Very not good. enough. Not enough people in this day and age have watched The Princess Bride. What people is that? I have no idea. It has thriller, drama, sword fighting, romance, a little bit of horror, 
things. It has literal comedy, everything, literally everything. And I I think people just need to watch it more. Good it is such a great movie. Good luck, Storm in the Castle. Uh, you never challenge a Sicilian to a right. game of wits. Yes. So uh, it's, it's just, a great movie. My dad, it was one of my dad's, my, you know, the funniest thing, my dad's favorite movie is the original Mary Poppins with Dick Van Dyke. So I had all those original movies oh, at exposure. Movie. A great movie. Now, and now, it was, now, did your dad see um, Saving Mr. Banks? Oh, yeah. We watched Saving Mr. Did you cry? Would, I, I oh, no, I didn't cry. No, I, I, listen, did, I, I did. I did. When, when she, the author of Mary Poppins, yep. is in the theater watching it. Oh, that was such a moment. And she's thinking about her relationship with her dad. Yeah. That's that reality. And as a fireman, my, my dad was a policeman. They see a lot of those people who struggle with alcohol. Oh, yeah. You, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but he, he, as soon as that movie was out, he was like, Quinn, we're going to see that movie together. And I was like, all right, dad, let's go. But yeah, I all time favorite and just underrated as heck. Princess Bride has the best one liners ever. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. My dad had a shirt with that on it. Oh, that's great. And, and it was just I think it's something everyone should watch. It's I, it's for everybody. Okay, you know, this has been a, a great conversation. People love you, I'm sure. But now people will hate you because I'm going to ask you oh, a I'm... bonus question. You ready? Okay. I thrive on conflict. Let's go, Darren. Okay, great. That's good. So here's the thing. Um, most overrated. You have to, you have to pick one. Oh. All right. Uh, the Harry Potter series, Star Wars, or um, um, the... Uh, the Hobbit people, that whole thing. Um, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Okay. That'll get so me. Got... That's going to get people angry at me if we're just going the Hobbit thing. Okay. J.R. Tolkien okay. was a so, wonderful author. I'm going to preface. I like all the series. I've read most of the books. Quinn doesn't want to hate me. I'm going to have. I, I I know just as little as possible. I'm going to have to say that. Harry Potter's the most overrated, and not only that, has the most toxic community as well. Oh, absolutely! It's very toxic. And how? I mean, that's and, mine. And that wonderful <laughs> beast nonsense is just—I've tried to watch oh, it; just terrible. Oh, I tried. It was not great. It was not great. I liked the actor. The first one was all right, but then the whole Johnny Depp thing went. That's a whole nother conversation. But that that happened, and it just got way too political. So, the Lord of the Rings. They got their trilogy out of the way. Cult classic, loved. Star yes. Wars, probably one of the biggest fan bases in the world. So widespread and loved by everybody. Mm -hmm. I think, if I have to say, as far as modern day overation, the new, the, I hate the new trilogy. All that garbage is just, oh, it's, oh, it's, it's garbage. It's, I hate it's, it. I hate it's, it. It's Muppets in Space. It's terrible. It's disrespectful. It's disrespectful. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's just not good. It's just... Well, you gotta understand. Listen, you do you. I mean, if you enjoy it, that's great. It's like for yeah, me, great. Go you, for it. For for me, and again, I'm not gonna pick any of those three. You, that's your question. Yeah. You can ask me one. Yeah. But for me, All I right. like the All original right. Planet of the Apes over any of that. That whole post-apocalyptic, you know, I love you like that. the post-apocalypse. Yes. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, my son Jake and I, are big zombie fans. I'm into that whole, you know, that. That's and by the way, I do enjoy Lord of the Rings, the first three. You know, um, the whole pre the Hobbit stuff, 
just enough. Just trying to drain my money. I just, you know, let's leave it where it is. It, it's gone a little too far. It's Fast and Furious 9. Oh, oh, you know, that's the most overrated movie of all a series is Fast and Furious nowadays. I am not a fan of it. Um, today, to this day, I haven't watched it in, in its completion. And it's, I can't. I can't. I physically can't. And yeah, so I'm I'm trying to think of something. So yeah, fire something at me. All right. So uh, you say so I like how you're always talking about how you you know you put in the effort to be more modern. Mm-hmm. What are you most of? Okay, actually, would you be more? Nah, I got I got nothing. What are you? No, most no, I, know you, I, think I know where you, I think I know where you're going, and I'll I'll answer the question. What are you most worried about the upcoming of the modern generation? What aspect of the modern generation worries you the most? That they're being indoctrinated not to think and to just respond. Yep. Robots. Brick in the yep. wall. Yep. Oh, by the way, how, have you ever seen that video? No, no, I haven't. I, I want you to do me a favor today. I'm giving you homework. A little homework okay, on homework. Saturday, kids. Homework, homework. I want you to watch the video for another brick in the wall. And... Um, Watch the whole thing's about eight minutes, and uh, you know um, by Pink Floyd, and then I want you to text me or email me. Right. It'll blow your mind because this was written in I don't know eighty one, mm-hmm. and it's about today. You know, it really is. But Quinn Johnson, how could people get a hold of you? And uh, I don't mean like a kidnapping, which is bad. Uh, kidnapping bad. Uh, listen, all I'm gonna say is you can see the camera. I'm not sure the audience can't, but that's right there, just waiting. So right, right. we'll leave it at that. I'm not gonna say oh, what it is. They'll see. They'll see because yeah. we'll I, I'm not. I'm not gonna say what it is. He but plays pool, way. kids. Maybe I play pool. It's a Maybe. pool bag. I got a camo pool bag. Yes, but yes. um, he's hiding it. Uh, you can reach out to me. Uh. Honestly, I don't have a massive social media presence. You can yeah. find me on Instagram, QuinnDJ12, uh, Facebook, Quinn Johnson. I have a little Lincoln Park thing. It's not too hard to find. Um, other than that, you know, I have Discord of things like that. And uh, I'll send you a couple things if you want to put it in your description or anything oh, like oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Fine. And um, I'm going to kind of put this toward the near top of uh, my podcast rotation. Um, and we'll be on again in a couple of weeks because we have a lot more to talk about. Sounds perfect. I'll try and find more issues to talk about by then. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and Quinn Johnson's our guest, kids. Oh, my last question. My bonus, bonus question. Bonus, my favorite bonus. question of, of all time. Uh, I know you, uh, you know, you are a UBU kind of guy. Yep. All right. So you, your friends, Jake, some other people, you're out there. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. 10 o'clock at night. Uh, you're right. about to watch the Brick in the Wall video. Um, right. And you're going to have cereal because why not? You eat cereal right. late at night. You're a you-do-you guy, but one of your friends puts the milk in first. Do you say anything? No, I don't. But do you want to know what I do? What do you do? I dump it out and then make a... I keep doing that until he does it right. (laughs) I love that answer. I love that. You're going to waste a lot of milk until he learns how to do it right. Thank you. You know, I'm a you I have a bonus guy. bonus for you. Go, go ahead. Do you hang the toilet paper so it's forward facing or oh, rear facing? Well, that's one of the things that really annoy me. I'm over the top guy. Over the top. Yes. Good man. Good man. You have to be. All right. I can come back mutual. happy, Darren. I yes. can come back happy. Oh, absolutely. Without question. <laughs> it was a pleasure. Uh, be well. It was a pleasure, Darren. You stay safe. Have a good one. Bye now.